What's up, guys? Episode 49 of the Division 3's Finest Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Insert Your Advertisement Here. We started off with some Thursday Night Football in Minnesota, where the biggest revenge game the National Football League has ever seen between Captain Kirk Cousins and Case. Get me a case of Keenum Stone Light. This game stinks, Keenum. Well, no one will be using this game tape for any highlight reels. Sir Stefan Dixlon and Dalvin and Hobbs Cook carry the Vikings with respectable performances. And things aren't looking too great in this nation's capital. Football-wise, of course. We're a sports podcast. We don't talk politics here. Ryan Bisman Johnson, 19. Ariana Grande Peterson, 9. Next, we're off to the land of Atlanta, where DK Metcalf raises was accelerating, looking like damn Donkey Kong, swinging his fist and pounding his way to two red zone touchdowns. Austin Sleek Hooper looked lean and mean as if he's been on some kind of keto diet or something. But his performance wasn't enough, as Matthew McConaughey Schaub proved sometimes you can't go back to actually move forward. That's just plain silly. Seattle survives Dan Quinn's mastermind game plan. Pete, I love Gum Gum Carol and the Seahawks 27. Dan, all I do is lose, 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 no matter what, 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 20. In the Battle of Louisiana, while Alvin Kamara remains camera shy with a lower leg injury, Latavius Bill Murray carried the running game and dominated the Cardinals left and right, making it safe to say you're not going to be calling this defense the Arizona Ghostbusters anytime soon. Drew Brees also looked like the Brees knees, baby, in his comeback, but it appears we still might have a QB controversy in New Orleans. But what do I know? I'm just a damn podcaster. Will Teddy cross that Bridgewater when we get there? Kyler Murray didn't play his cards right today. Ted Ginn and Tonic Jr., 31. Patrick Mahomes-Peterson, 9. He's matriculating the football down the field. In Indianapolis, Jalen and Jacoby Brissett look more like a damn podcaster than a professional quarterback. As Barstool Von Miller talk in this Denver Broncos defense locked down the passing attack all night. Marlon McElesser McElmore Mac picked up the slack late for the Indianapolis football Colts. But it was T.Y. Thank you for the bad defense. Hilton making the ultimate difference with a huge catch down the sideline. To sit up Adam, I'm still high on smelling salts again. Case military for an absolute no doubt or game way field goal. Jacob, the ball, through about 15, food court line, sudden 13. Oh, Saquon, you see. In Detroit, the story of the day was Kenny Ryan Galloway pounding beers and swerving around the New York football giants for a dominating 123 yards and two touchdown performance. Matthew Damon Stafford continues to stay hot as well. Goodwill hunting his way to outdueling Daniel Day-Lewis Jones in a classic NFC shootout game the entire nation expected. Lions survived Danny Dimes' late garbage time run. Marvin Darwin Jones, 31. Second place, Silver Tate, 26. Ryan thinks Bray Tannehill, 27. Bruce Willis, Arians, 23. Next, we go to the San Diego Super Duper Chargers competing in the Windy City, where is a classic defensive matchup featuring poor quarterback play from Philip. People forget Zach Kelly took me in the second round, Rivers, and Richie Bitchy Trubisky. Despite Trubisky's uninspiring play, the Bears were in prime position for a game-winning field goal, but to no avail. The double-doink era continues in shot down. 
geeking and Alan, you love me, are you sorry? Cause you're not getting me any fantasy points, 17. Any curry putty rose takes 16. Next, we're on to Cincinnati and the St. Louis Ramcats, where Scooper C. Cup dominated this sad Bengals secondary from the get-go, making all sports fans and wedding crashers question whether this defense was built for speed or comfort. Meanwhile, Andy Roddick Dalton continues to look more like a contestant for the damn great British Bake Off than an NFL quarterback. And I think it's safe to say, Sean McVay is back on his bull****, designing double flea flickers and all kinds of offensive degree. Cincinnati still stinks. Huge golf balls, 24. Gabby McMonaco, sup, sup, sup. Cincinnati, 10. They're not gonna get him in Buffalo Wild Wings. Bud Light Peterson and Carson Daly went dilly-dillyed their way to a strong start in an early 11-7 lead. Huh? Huh? But it was Miles, Dion, primetime Sanders, carrying the Eagles to victory, rumbling and stumbling and bumbling his way to an incredible 65-yard touchdown that gave me and millions of fans multiple gorgasms. Josh, Keenan, Allen looked more interested in watching Eastbound and Brown than competing in an NFL football game. And it looks like the Philly Special Eagles might be back on track for the playoffs. Michael B. Jordan Howard, 31. The New York Football Buffalo Bills, 13. <gasps> In Jacksonville, Gardner, bless you, Minshew, the 69th, 100th, put on a classic performance. Connecting with Chris, Michael Conley, and DJ Snake. All you need is somebody to lead on. Jack Jr. for multiple touchdowns. Arnold Dollard, Spike Palmer, look pissed drunk all game. But hey, I guess he might have already been in pregame mode for multiple scheduled makeout sessions at the infamous Beach Bars in Jacksonville. F we need some more material. These mono jokes are getting pretty old. Jaguars improved to a mediocre 4 and 4. Duval. 29. Jameson by Clam Chowder is to Gold Grounder 15. Next, in the land they call San Francisco, it was a disappointing performance for Scam Kyle Allen Newton, as he looked discombobulated early with DJ Jones and Nick, I'm all about that Bosa, all up in his grill for four sacks combined and an INT. I guess it's time to take this 49ers team seriously as Tevin Coleman's soup remains hot running the ball and Jimmy GQ magazine remains hot in real life. What a cutie pie. Shout out Gabby Gowdy, friend of the program. San Francisco remains 7-0 with a 50-burger. Debo Sweeney Samuel, 51. DJ Moore f***ing production is needed, 13. Next, we're back, 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 back to New England, where while it was a poor performance for the Cleveland football Browns, my man Austin Cyber showed out on a rainy day, converting on two field goals and an extra point. We need to get this guy more nationwide attention. Can we get him on some kind of podcast or something, eh? Meanwhile, breaking news, Tom Brady still makes out with his damn son, and it turns out it's not too difficult to quarterback a football game when the other team turns the ball over on three consecutive plays. Major yikes, boys. Major yikes. New England rolls all over the dog pound. Muhammad Ali Sanu, 27. Odell can tell you the time in Russia, but not much else. Beckham Jr., 13. Next, we have the much-anticipated matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders and the Houston Texans, where Carlos from Benchwater's hide and Deshaun Benjamin Watson were casually sipping on some brewskis and enjoying some cigarettes while dominating the Raiders on the football field. Peak athleticism, Hunter Renfro had a breakout game for his first career touchdown. But Richard pulled up a new incognito mode, incognito, and John Gruden's Raiders weren't quite ready for prime time despite incorporating an excellent defensive tactic of kicking Deshaun Watson in the face. Everything is bigger in Texas, 27. Darren do the John Waller, 24. Yes. Yes. Um, after many discussions, uh, we have decided the Division 3's finest podcast is officially anti-Tyreek Hill podcast. 
In protest of the man, we will not be providing a recap from the Green Bay Packers-Kansas City Chiefs matchup. Tyreek Hill. Final score, Green Bay 31, Kansas City 24. Finally, we go back, 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 to finish it off with some Monday Night Football, where the Pittsburgh Gingers were playing some catch-up from the get-go after a red-hot start from my man, Ryan Fitzpatrick Mahomes. Much to the displeasure of millions of black and yellow fans and the taking South Beach Dolphins front office. But Miami turns it around quickly, allowing Deontay, the real Magic Johnson, could have scored on this damn play to roam free to the end zone for a game-changing touchdown. Mason get a f***ing haircut. Rudolph finally got it going in the second half, but it was James Harden Connor beasting and feasting his way to a grass beard and step back touchdowns on the ground. Miami improves to 0-8, and, and the f***ing field curtain is back, baby. Bang! Snell Jr., 27. To a sack of I don't know how you say his name. 14. All right, that's all we got for today's NFL recap brought to you by Insert Your Ad here. So uh, before we get to the show, uh, Gil, we got two guests here. Do you want to introduce them real quick? Oh, wait, no. Yeah, it would be my honor. It would be my honor. Um, as always, uh, the one, the only uh, recurring guest, um, probably the most frequented guest we've had, uh, Jacob Schubert. Uh, really nice to have you on, bud. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Um, also, uh, a very special guest near and dear to near and dear my heart, former roomie. Uh, real A1 bud, one of the biggest Eagles fans I know, maybe the biggest. I wouldn't say the biggest, I'll say it. Biggest Eagles fan I know, <laughs> most passionate sports fan, big Boston guy, uh, great guy, one of my best friends, Justin Corsi. How we doing, boss? Hey, hey, bud, thank you for the kind words. It, it's a pleasure hey. to be here. Thank you for having me. For sure. No problem. I feel like I didn't say enough. All right. Uh... No, bud, I feel like <laughs> you're funny. all right uh let's get straight to nfl picks here so we got three games hot ones picks and and instead of smelling salts this week the loser will be doing uh eating a chili pepper on camera and gil you also owe us a smelling salts video yeah it sounds like a lot of fun all right so three games here (laughs) so three games here the first game is in london uh texans jags the texans are favored by a point and a half here so uh who do you guys got I think, you know, just talking to Ben and Gil today, uh, we're going to be jagging off in London all day. Um, I'm going Jags. Uh, Minshew Mania is in full force. He's four and three as a starter. Is that, is that correct, Ben? Is that this correct? is correct. That's what our... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we're just going to be jagging off all day. So four and three, Minshew Mania. I'm uh, going to be five and three because, you know, no J.J. Watt. So, you know, Texans are f- Front of the program. Yes. We'll bleep the yeah, f- that's out. <laughs> All right, who wants to go next? All right, I'll go. Okay. I'll go. I'll go. Because Shub is dead wrong. Uh, Minshew, okay quarterback, not great. Jag, also not great. I still think the Texans are kind of, they're getting hot. They're heating up right now. I'm not expecting anything big, but I still think they're, the stove's on. They're warming up. Um, I'll take them over the Jag, um, even in London. So I'm going to go Texans. All right, uh, Corsi, you want to go here real quick? Yeah, so I got to say that I cannot believe in the Jaguars as a team until Nick Foles is the starter again, so I'm going to have to go <laughs> right. to Okay. People forget enough. about that. All right, Nick I'm – Foles yeah, has He's injury prone. <laughs> Super, Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, Shub. How many of those do you have? <laughs> well, no, I'll, I'll save my top ten next game. All right. Go ahead, uh, so I'm going to go with the Texans as well. Uh, they, they just have the bet, better quarterback, and 
honestly. If, so the Jags, they're, they're pretty mediocre. They're 500 right now. And uh, the Texans just feel like a team that, you know, they're just going to win games. It's not always going to be pretty. Sometimes it's going to be ugly, like the, you know, Raiders game last year where they kind of pulled it out of their ass. But, you know, I like the Texans here. I win the win. For sure. All right. So uh, next game, we have the Indianapolis football coach, Colts, uh, Jacob Schubert's so Colts. The Colts, baby. The Colts, baby, <laughs> versus the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Uh I'm very surprised this line isn't higher, but the Colts are only favored by a point and a half, so I guess the Steelers are getting some action here. Uh, so who wants to start off here? Me. Okay, well, Schubert, order, Schubert yeah, you go, bro. Schubert, you go. All right, so apparently the Steel Curtain's back since you guys read the, the, you know, the Dolphins. Um, right. But fun fact for big you Steel Curtain fans, Andrew Luck has yet to be sacked this year. So <laughs> big Colts oh, ah. stat there. All right, so I'm taking the Colts. You are. <laughs> I'm taking the Colts um, because they're offensive line um, and because I just do not see Mason Rudolph. Um, you know, do needs a you know, he got lo- Let me rephrase this. The Colts aren't going to play cover zero on third and 22. They're not tanking. Um, you know, I think the Dolphins had a little bit of a tank job there at the end. So we're actually planning to win the game. So I don't even think this will be close, to be completely honest. If you're betting in real life, hammer the Colts. I literally put all your life savings on the Colts. I'm guaranteeing a win. If the Col- if the Colts lose, oh, I will do something. Stop, 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 stop. No, no, I'll, I'll, no, I actually bet on the Colts. Don't guarantee them because if I lose my money, I'm going to be pissed. I'll guarantee you. I don't care. Don't name it here. <laughs> you, you put this on the line. you got to do something. What, are you going to shave your head? I will, your, I will shave your head? myself if the Colts lose. No. You're going to shave your no, head what? if they lose. I'm not shaving my head if they lose. That is not happening. <laughs> well, what are you going to put on the line, then? I feel like you have to after that. We'll see. We'll see. No, you can't well, see. Hey, you I got to say something now. Proposition. You put, you put the whole hot one punishment on this. It doesn't matter your record. If the Colts lose, you lose. You're That's losing. fine. That is fine. Okay. That's all right. the deal. You're cool. all the witnesses. <laughs> all right. Uh, who wants uh, to go that's, next? That's awesome. Alright, so yeah, uh, so that obviously, I mean, I kind of, I'm now conflicted because I want Shub to lose, but like I said, I also put money on the, you know, hypothetically put money on the Colts. Um, Hypothetically, of course. I I, I got him at an even better line than this, so I'm definitely going Colts, Ben, like kind of like you said, I can't believe, like, I really can't believe it was this, it's this low. Um, Rudolph, like, I just feel like they don't. I feel like you don't really know what they're doing with him yet. Um, I feel like if they can the figure that time. out, it'll be a little bit closer of a game. But I even think, I mean, the Colts are playing well. Jacoby Brissett's playing well. Like, I just think even if the Steelers play like one of their best games, I, I just think the Colts are the better team. So right. uh, I'm going with the Colts on this one. All right. Uh, so I'll, I'll go real quick before you, Corsi. Uh, the Steelers, you know, my dad's from Pittsburgh. been a Steelers fan my whole life. Uh, that's the only reason I'm going with my guys. Am I confident in this game? No, I would not oh bet a penny God. on this, but I gotta go with the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, still current, I respect baby. the vote. All right, Corsi, you got the last pick here. Nice. So I'm gonna have to agree with Gil and Shub on this one, and I'm gonna have to go with the Colts. Uh, I think that Brissett's been doing a fine job, and I think yes. that Mason Rudolph still might not know where he is yet. <laughs> yeah, he still has curls. Very fair. People forget he had a concussion. Yeah, people don't talk about it enough. All right, so our last game we hear. All right, so last game we have here is the Detroit Lions at the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders are favored by two points here. So. All right. Um, 
the Raiders are favored or the Lions are favored? Raiders are favored. It's in Oakland. Yeah. So they're favored by two points. Uh-huh. So I debated this game for a good bit. This is probably the toughest game to pick. Uh, you yeah, know, toughest game for me too. Me, yeah. But, you know, I'm going with Matt Stafford and the Lions. And the sole reason I'm choosing the Lions is because of Matt Stafford and because Matt Stafford just passed Joe Montana in passing yards. Um, something that Derek Carr hasn't done. So, I mean, you have to just kind of go with the analytics. <laughs> Better quarterback. Makes yeah, sense. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good stat. It's a good uh, saving metric. So, I'm actually – is that your pick? You're going you're, – you're going, uh, Yeah, also, to go along with that, uh, John Gruden doesn't have a pencil in his ear, so I don't think he's as prepared as oh. uh, Patricia. Shoot, everyone knows that you always – It's a good observation. Like that. Yeah, it's details. So that's your, yeah, how to miss a beat. Manalytics. Um, I made fun of all your picks, but I'm going to take this one, too. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Lions. Uh, I know they haven't been playing great, but I feel like they're actually the better team, and I think a lot of, like, the Raiders are almost, like, fake. They're fake mediocre. I still think they're bad, and I think, I don't know. I just think if you stack them against each other, I I definitely think the Lions are the better team, so uh, I think they actually come out of here with a win. Um, I could eat those words, but I'm taking the Lions. All right. Uh, Corsi, you want to go? Yeah. I'm real conflicted on this one. I still am because uh, I watched a whole Lions game when they beat the Eagles. So I definitely think they're a good team. Um, but I, for some reason, I just want to go with the Raiders. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. All right. That's fair. Wow, bud. All right, so I'm also going with the Raiders, and here's a save a metric for you, Jacob Schubert, putting all the stats out there. Uh, Matthew Stafford is sick this week. He's not feeling feeling very well. He'll probably play through uh, his illness, but uh, he's got the flu, so uh, that's going to be tough for him. And just for the Raiders, you know, they're at home, and one concern I do have for the Raiders is their center might be injured. He might not play, and this would be the debut for Richard Incognito ever playing center. So uh, that's a concern, but yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna go with Oakland here. You know, hard you know, knocks. You know, it's terrifying. If it wasn't for Matt Stafford, I'd be going with the Raiders just because they have Hunter Renfro. So like, I'm peak athleticism. Looks real good with a shirt off. No homo. Yeah, yes, he does. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's all we got before we get to Paterni's interview. Justin Corsi, we do need one minute on the Philadelphia Eagles. How are you feeling this year? Nice. Well, actually, today we got some good news. Deshaun Jackson's back at practice. Ooh. So, hey, shout, shout out. out. Yeah. The yeah. So that's some big news. And they got a couple other guys on defense back at practice today. So hopefully we get them guys back on Sunday against the Bears. You know, as long as it's within three points, I think we'll be fine. Because, you know, obviously the Bears can't kick. I hope I don't eat my words <laughs> later. But <laughs> they're 0 for 2 in the last couple of months. So. Yeah. Uh, um, Question: How confident are you in your running yes. game, specifically Jordan Howard uh, versus well, the Bears defense? Another man that is back at practice this week is Darren Sproles, so I'll be much Ooh. more confident in the run game if he is there because uh, Miles Sanders is probably going to be out this week. So, so like so. you would say, bench Jordan Howard if you like hypothetically had him in the league, had no other choice to play him, and money's involved. Mm, I would say start him. I think he, if anything, I think he might have a big day. Dang, make this decision tough. That's because he's playing his old team, too, so. Oh, true. You might want to. Yeah, revenge game. Yeah, that would be a tough decision for my hypothetical fantasy owner. Yeah. But I think the offense will be better overall with Deshaun Jackson back, and he can take top off. That's fair. Different things like that. For sure. All right, Corsi, I think that's all we got. That's my take right now. All right. Boom.
Great take. Boom, boom. Thanks for coming on, bud. Oh, one more thing about Deshaun hey, Jackson. Thank you, bud. Had to play Deshaun Jackson in Madden the other day. Very hard to tackle, yeah. so he has that going for him. Yeah. That's so, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on, though, bud. I uh, really appreciate nice. it. Nice. Uh, no, been trying to get you on for a while. You know, you're a pretty busy guy, so you, it's, it's great to make time for us today. Um, you know, we're glad. Hey, always. I really appreciate you guys have, having me on. It's been you're a pleasure. You're the man, of course. Nah. You yeah, guys are good. A few moments later. All right, now joining us on the podcast, he's the recurring guest of the show, head baseball coach at Monmouth College. This is the Monmouth in Illinois, you know, just to clarify. Uh, he's also the reigning two-time Midwest Conference Coach of the Year. Uh, former, former hitting coach at Bethany College successfully taught Sage Mika Monaco how to hit off a tee. So, you know, that's probably his biggest accomplishment in life, uh, let's just be honest. So, and on top of all that, he played independent ball in the Continental Baseball League as well for two years. One of our favorite guests of all time, Coach Paterni. How's everything going? That's pretty good. That's that's quite the uh, the, the introduction. So uh, I mean, I'm, I'm nervous now. <laughs> no worries. No oh, expectations. guest, you can't be nervous. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, I was trying to catch up on some of the podcasts because I'm way behind on what you guys have been doing. And uh, you know, I'll have to you know kind of echo what uh, what Coach Calhoun said is is you guys oh, no. use the you know the best reoccurring guest <laughs> of all time a lot. And, <laughs> I'll, I'm going to have to agree with him that, you know, I don't know if that's really true or not. I've only been here twice, so um, I hope I can keep coming back then. Right. Well, it's, it's a quality over quantity thing. <laughs> okay. It's good. Okay. All right. That sounds good. All right. So we kind of touched on it before the call. Um, I don't even know if it's really worth covering. Uh, so if you're list by the time the listeners are hearing this it'll be thursday shout out to you uh for listening and the world series would have been over so congrats to the houston astros or the washington nationals but we're i'm a pro we're pro astros podcast i'm deciding that for us right now um so just real quick obviously we're running up to the game here how are you feeling about tonight are you nervous you think they're gonna pull it out what's running through your head uh nervous I honestly don't think they're going to pull it out. Um, they're going, you know, they're they're basically facing a robot. I mean, this guy has yes. two different eyeballs, and he got a cortisone shot, and I don't know. I mean, it's like basically taking, yeah, but, yeah, it's taking like, yeah, it's, he's taking steroids right before the game. So I really, I'm not feeling too good at this. Um I'm not a Granky fan as of late. Mm. Um, never want to fix the trade, you know. And yeah, I mean, we're Adishes are going to actually see if uh, they got their money's worth of if this trade is actually going to work out for them. Because if they win, then you know, best trade in the world. So that being said, if they do pull it out, do you get a ring considering your your fanhood over the years? Like, do they send Absolutely. you one personally? Yeah, so what So what I have planned out, you know, um, you know, like I told you before, my agent is, is with mm. Berlander, too. So whatever right. he gets, I, I get. I have my It's a package deal with you and Berlander. Yeah, you know, and they do. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, 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 I, it'd be nice to get a second ring again. Oh, definitely, that would be nice. But moving on from the Astros, you know, the last time we talked in the podcast, uh, we were formerly known as the BGA podcast, uh, RIP. But now we've matured a little bit. Uh, we're much more professional. Gil and Ben have full-time yeah. jobs, and you know I'm getting coffee. I'm getting coffee every day for Coach Calhoun here in uh, Lancaster, South Carolina. But 
our Division Three's finest team is obviously based on us formerly playing Division Three by uh, elite level and just our grit and love for the game. Uh, we know you share the emphasis affection. The yeah, emphasis on the huge emphasis. Um, we know you share that affection for the game as well, but overall, what drives your passion for baseball and coaching in general, and who gets your coffee every day? Um, well, Shub, I'm, I'm just going to tell you now, um, I don't drink coffee, so oh, if you're tired of great. coffee, why don't you come over to Illinois and, you know, oh, you can, don't worry is this about Trust me. <laughs> you know, Tyler and I have already had this discussion, so uh, this should be no surprise with him. But, uh, yeah, I don't drink coffee, so Shub, just let me know. Um, okay. You'll come over. Also, a little I'll jab at Calhoun. <laughs> so, no, but anyways, uh, this guy doesn't drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's. I mean, I think it's. It's. I think it all comes down to the guys. Um, you know, the world of players that you're around. I mean, now that you, you kind of, you know, that that drives you a little bit. You know, as coaches, you're always wanting more from your players, and you expect the best. You expect them to follow a standard and everything. And I, and I think that. I mean, it, 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 as the coaching staff, you have to do it as well. So. Um, yeah, I mean, just I, I think investing in the players that you have that play for you, um, watching them grow in four years, graduate. I mean, now some of my guys I recruited are having kids and getting married, and it's just really cool to see that. And uh, you know, it's always fun to cheer to see the new group, the rookies that come in, and um, you know, see how overwhelmed and scared they are as soon as they step on campus and. Uh, and just kind of laughing about it, and just you know, it's it's going to go by fast, man. It's going to be, you know, I'm not ready for anyone to leave. Um, you know, so that's always hard at at, at the end of their careers. It's it's just kind of reminisce on on what they were as freshmen and, and how they've grown and everything, and, and what they're doing now. It's just awesome. So, and I think that really, you know, yeah, it does come down to the baseball to win stuff like that. But you know, if you have all that stuff all off the field. That really should translate on the field, and um, you know, just have fun being, you know, enjoying their company. I, I tell our recruits like, I want to recruit guys that I want to spend time with. You know, um, if I don't like listening to you talk or being around you, I don't, you know, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> you yeah, know, so that's fair. Um, one of those things where you just want to, you know, you just want to enjoy them and get to know them a little bit. Um, you know, watch their ups and downs and see how they grow as men. That's fair. Yeah, it's always sure, about the process. So much time with them. Uh, you spend so much time with them. That's that's super important. I mean, I know no one's really going to measure up to to me and Ben. I don't know about Shub. I mean, everyone has their own <laughs> thoughts. But yeah, I agree. Spending so much time with you, you know, you're lucky that we like you too. So I, I definitely get where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's you know give or take a little bit. So no, I, I mean it, that's one thing you know that you look at. You know, that's the crappy thing about we we use the best of me. You know, you go and recruit these guys. You know, recruit you guys, and well, I got to spend one year with you, and and that kind of, you know, at that time, it, you didn't think about it because you were an assistant. You're, you know, you're only there for two years, which kind of sucks too at the same time. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think we built those relationships early, so I could keep track of you guys, and obviously, seeing what you guys are doing now, you're obviously. You know, very successful on the podcast side of things, and uh, oh, yeah. it's really fun to watch that. <laughs> Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're, I think we Appreciate I think we that. creeped onto the uh, Apple charts. I'm not sure about that. But <laughs> a little bit. 
yeah, we've cracked the top a million. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, so our, yeah, our next question. So um, you know, just going back on our previous interview, uh, that was like two years ago, and you know, since then you've won a conference championship. You know, two coach of the years. So you're you know pretty big time now, and naturally we'd like to think we, you know we have something to do with that. But, um, you know, as a former, former elite D3 athletes, you know, our killer mentality was always, you know, how can I get better today? And you hear that from coaches, you know, get 1% better every day. But on the other hand, just from a coaching standpoint, you know, how do you personally continue to improve? And what are some areas maybe you've focused on the past couple of years? You know, I, I think admitting, admitting that you have to get better and, uh, you know, understanding some of the weaknesses and uh you know i think as coaches and players and just really anyone in general um you know be real be real with yourself you know and and just kind of you know like hey i have to do a better job at this part of coaching you know i have to you know for me as a player i always tell our hitters i was petrified of lefty on lefty you know i was a lefty hitter so you know i was too embarrassed to admit that to any one of my teammates or my coaches so I just kind of stood in on lefty bullpen, and that made me better. And you know, I think that translates a lot to the coaching now. Like you know, pitching is my. I would you know, we all I always talk about it with some of my coaches in the office. And uh, um, you know, pitching is one thing that I know about, but I'm not an expert about. You know, and so I've actually reached out to Basham, you know, and some of the other coaches that I've known for a long time and just kind of pick their brain about everything. You know, I'm not going to get it all, but if I can get one or two things and bring that back to our staff, um, you know, I, I, I think that's a big success. And, uh, and we've had to kind of do that this year, and, you know, with uh, with what we have on coaching staff-wise. I've had to kind of do a little bit more of the pitching side. Um, you know, I, and it, I think it's the energy that you bring to that, you know, that kind of makes them better with, you know, with everything that we're doing. Is, you know, because our guys know, Coach is not a, He's not a pitching guy, but he knows a little bit about it, and he knows how to pitch the guys and so on. So um, I think admitting your faults and your weaknesses, is, I mean, it's just only going to make you better, and I think that's what we did two years ago. And um, told our guys, just be real be real with yourself. Uh, you know, don't be selfish. Don't worry about the stats. Uh, go out there. Let's play for each other. Uh, you know, what are your weaknesses? Let's work on, on those. You know, everybody can hit a you know, or, or pull a baseball, and that's what we that's what we talk about a lot. You know, you have to become a complete hitter. We, we call it little league. We go back to the basics on the defensive side. You know, we do little league drills, and uh, but we want to beat that into their heads. And uh, it's obviously it's it's we've had a lot of success with that stuff, and uh, we just explain the foundation and uh, you know running with it, and uh, it's been working out with us for couple of years now so so we're, we're really excited and we got to keep going with it though yeah and i think that says a lot especially you know you kind of mentioned it you went to your guys and and tried to give them basically that that kind of rule that you kind of or that standard i guess that you hold yourself to so i i think a lot of success can definitely you can say come down from the top so i think that's huge for to just for anybody to really admit they need to work on something that's hard enough and then to kind of get that across the team is big um and so kind of going off that uh you, I think you kind of brought it up. Your so your 2018 season. You know, you're obviously been successful, but this was you know maybe your breakout season. Uh, the team goes 29, 14, and one. Uh, no ties. I don't really know how you got a tie uh, in there. Well, but here, there's a story one. to that tie. So I got okay, thrown out that game. So yeah, I I got That's thrown nice. out that game, and uh, it, it <laughs> you know ended in a tie. So you know I you know 
I, it's it's just one of those things where it's just you know I give our systems crap. I'm like, man, you just had you know I I left it to lead, <laughs> so <laughs> and then we tie. So it's uh, soccer. What are we doing here? You know. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, it that it's funny because we have rings and we have the record and that 29-14 and one really bugs the crap out of all of us. <laughs> and that, oh yeah. Just that one. Uh, you know, it really sucks. <laughs> I think we had one. I think we had like a rain out in Florida, uh, maybe our senior year, I want to say. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's yeah. right. But, right. So, we'll play to, that game. To, to finish up that question, um, yeah. so uh, up on top of that, you had that great record, and then uh, you had your first conference tournament. You won Coach of the Year, an NCAA tournament berth. Um, so, what was it like to kind of have so much, so much success uh, in only your third season at Monmouth? I was, I was a Dream come true, man. It was, uh, you know, we were, you know, honestly, I never really expected to be be there after the third year. It was more thought it would be maybe the fourth, for sure the fifth, you know. Um, but it, I got so lucky with a lot of these guys that stuck it out with me um, the first year and then the second year. And, you know, by, by that third year, my first recruiting class were juniors. And... And they just, they meshed well, they bought in. Um, I mean, it was just a lot of fun. Like, we had fun going to practice. We had fun driving fans to a three-hour game. <laughs> you know, like, it was it was Yeah, the little thing. Uh, yeah, it, it was just, I mean, I it was one of those things where, where I was more calm. I, you know, I, and I think what really set it off, like, we were losing 8 nothing um, to an average team. Um, and we had our ace hog around, and we're down eight nothing after two innings. And, uh, and I'm like, you know, looking over at our assistant, I'm like, what the heck's going on? You know, and, and you know, he's getting wound up. Our, you know, our, but I, I just looked around, and we ended up putting our number, our number two in the game. And uh, I just looked around at our guys. I mean, it was bottom of the second. We're down eight nothing. Our ace just got pounded. And um, he was in the dugout just screaming and yelling and, and, and cheering for our guys. And I look over our system like, holy crap, I'm, we're going to win this game. Like, we're going to come back and we're going to win. And uh, I, mean, I feel like, and yeah, it was, it was weird. And uh, we, ended up winning, we won 10-8. And it was, and weird. after that, I mean, we took off. And it was, we came in. We came into the field just, you know, like cocky and with swagger, and we knew we were not going to win and, or, or, or lose. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, that, and that made it a lot easier to coach. It, it was more because we preached that whole year, hey, we're going to let you guys go out and play. You know, we're going to get you ready for the weekend. We're going to, you know, Monday through Friday, that's kind of like your, 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 your quizzes, your, you know, your short assignments, and then we're going to, you know, your final exam is on Saturday and Sunday, and you guys are going to go out, and you guys are going to go. You know, it's, it's, it's all on you. Uh, it's my job to make the pitching changes and know when to hit it on the bar, but we, gotta, we, we, have to, we have to get you prepared for that time. And, uh, and it was awesome. I mean, it was so much fun to do. And we had that last year, you know, um, a little bit, but – Baseball, man, it was roller coaster for us, and um, oh, it was more fighting, you know. And it was where that third year we weren't supposed to be there, but everything fell our way. And then last year we were supposed to be being there, and then like everything went against us. <laughs> it was like baseball's yeah. a humbling game, you know. It's, exactly. It's, it's it it's crazy, but man, it was awesome. You know, we got the 
we actually got to host that year on a weather kind of circumstances. That's a great story. And uh, we ended up, we went in that and we, we drew the number one team in the nation and we took them to the map for seven innings. And then uh, they showed, showed us why they're number one team in the nation. And, <laughs> um, and then we played, a, I think our game two, it started at 11.30 at night and we got done at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and we won that one and turned around and we, had, we were supposed to play at like 2 o'clock the next day. Um, and then, of course, it rained and we were there at the ballpark for six hours and our guys were just drained. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you you couldn't get upset at those guys because they gave us 110%. And, you know, our our first baseman made two errors. We got picked off first twice. And it was just like, what's going on? This ain't us. But, you know, I looked looked at my man. There's just, I mean, I'm tired. Like, our our guys are dog tired. Let's just go out there and fight and see what we can do. And, uh, you know, now that, now the regionals have changed for the better. So we'll never have to go through that again. But, uh, but I mean, it was just like the experience was awesome. It was great for those guys, the younger guys especially. Um, and hopefully, you know, we we closed last year, and you know, I really hope we, you know, I think we got it. We have a really young group this year. Um, you know, um, we're, I mean, really fun to be around, and you know, they're young and dumb. They have no idea what they're doing, and I think that's going to help us more than anything. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And just a quick follow-up on that. Um, obviously, recruiting talent is a big factor in your success. You, know, you talked about it a little bit in Gil's question. But talk a little bit more about the recruiting process. You know, me as a coach, I've been a coach for like three months now, basically already an expert. Um, but Gil, Ben, and probably our audience aren't as familiar with everything that goes on behind the curtains. So what's your recruiting yeah. process like? And like, what kind of intangibles do you look for? And the kind of cliche that we like stuff we hear about. Yeah, I mean, Gil's personal. All done. I mean, I mean, you got to get you got to get to know them. You, you you can't treat them like a number. And um, you know, and hopefully our mission staff will never hear this, but that's the difference between them and athletics. Um, you know, we we don't treat our recruits like another number. It's it's more let's get to know these guys. Let's make sure Monmouth College is the right fit for them. Are they okay being in a rural Western Illinois? You know, with not much to do, not like Bethany. I mean, we have a stoplight mm-hmm. gas station, so that helps us. Already <laughs> 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 so, shout out. <laughs> so, uh, but I think it's it's getting to know them a little bit more. It's doing. We have to do our background check on those guys and seeing how the character character uh, character is. Like, I'll call the coach. I'll call the counselor. Um, and now, you know, now now I'm getting to the point where I know a lot of these head coaches. Some of them are alumni. Some of them I've dealt with for a long time now. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm honest with our, with the guys that we, that, that we recruit. I'm, I'm very blunt and I tell them, you know, I'm like, look, this is how it is. This is what we do. If you don't like to work hard, this is not the place for you. You know, um, we're going to hold you very accountable. Your teammates are going to get after you. Um, we like to have fun, but we like to get down to business for an hour and a half to two hours. Right. And if you could do that, then you are a perfect fit for us. Um, we want you to get better. If you're not getting better every single day, then you're wasting our time. And, you know, you and I have to sit down and we have to talk about it because it's my fault and your fault. And uh, so it's just laying it all out there for them. Um, and I urge, I urge the recruiters, hey, go out and see the other schools. Don't cheat yourself. Just don't go go and visit two or three schools. Go out and visit the junior colleges, the out-of-state out schools, the big schools, um, you know, locally. You know, go out and see what you really want. And, uh, and, and 
by saying that, yeah, we've we've lost some really good recruits that I thought we'd get, but at the same time, if you know if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. So right. um, so we start early. I mean, we saw. I mean, we'll get nowadays. You, I think you're going to probably start to see to see this now. It's like I'm getting emails from 2022s and 2023. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? And, you know, it's just you know, it's 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 different now. I mean, just in a short amount of time, and in a few years, it's. I mean, now you're seeing, which you know, I don't really agree with that. You know, you got some schools that are recruiting through Twitter. And it's just like, man, just pick up the phone and call a guy, yeah. you know, or call a coach. And, uh, you know, it's easy to do all that stuff. And, um, and I think that's the biggest thing, you know, for the younger coaches, don't, don't get in the trap of, of not, you know, or just going through emails and recruiting services and Twitter, you know, go out and actually go watch the kids, go out and make yeah. a phone call, go out and make a house visit and stuff like that, you know, and. Um, yeah, I think to do that, I think you're going to get some of the better players, and um, you know, you're going to be. It's going to show that you're invested in those guys, and, and like I said, it's just not another number. So, right. I mean, it's a long process for us. Um, you know, it's just kind of, you know, I want our guys to take two or three visits at least to our campus. Um, you know, to make sure they want to be here because you're going to see something that you don't, you know, your first and third visit, whatever it is. So we like to do the overnights with our guys. Our guys do a tremendous job on the overnights. Um, you know, if it's a Wednesday night compared to a Saturday night, it's pretty much exactly the same. They they know it. They're, they're honest with the guys. Um, you know, I tell the recruits, they ask those guys about me on and off the field. They should tell you the truth, and, you know, and make sure you want to be here. And, um, you know, it's more... You know, we have a great athletic director, um, and, and, and we learn sure. a lot from him. He's very, you know, our meetings are our meetings are meaningful. Um, you know, he says you're you're the pillar of your program. Um, sell yourself. You know, they don't really care about the facilities and where they're at. If, if they can be with you for four years, and if you can get guys like that, then they're going to spend some quality time with those guys that you have, and they're going to make you know some of the best friends you know ever. Like what yeah. you guys. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, everybody's there is different. I know I am. I'm very outside the box when I, when I return, um, I'm, I'm always asking other coaches what their process is and how many guys they like to bring in, what's the, you know, what's their roster size. And I'm always kind of blown away by some of the things that they say. So, um, you know, it's very interesting. I think every, every coach is different. I think she's. I think you're going to learn a lot about yourself through this whole process too. And I mean, it's fun. Have have a blast with it for yourself. Right. And then, uh, just a quick question. Uh, this isn't on the agenda, so sorry we didn't prepare you for this. But uh, uh, I just have a quick question on you: know, the transition when you're bringing freshmen in, like, does that you know get repetitive? Like when you're you know giving speeches, trying to motivate your guys. How do you make sure you stay relevant with your team while, you know, bringing a new message to the freshmen as well? So, okay, so, okay, yeah. Um, so we involve our players with recruiting process. Um, okay, yeah. So, you know, like we, there's no, you're not overwhelmed with when you meet a senior, you know. Mm. Um, you know I think that's the question that you asked, right? Because you're cutting out a little bit. So kind of how we kind of merge that and keep everything interesting, right? Right, yeah. Make sure they, like, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So we, I mean, it, it's just make, making them feel comfortable, um, you know, and, and, and our guys know it's, it, 
if anyone is on campus, those guys can play. And um, you know, we we tell our we tell our shortstop. You know, we have a junior shortstop right now, and he, he started all the games for us short last year. And you know, we have a good freshman shortstop that can maybe beat him out. And uh, he understands that. And you know, it's it's you know, like I said, it's being honest. It's uh, you know, being it's being real. And we tell our younger guys, you know, surround surround yourself with guys that are going to make you better. Um, you know, if if, if anyone is is dragging you down, separate yourself, you know, or call out your buddy, like, hey, man, you're not, you're not putting in work, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go over the bat for you, or, or anything like that, it's, um, you're really going to know who your friends are, you know, and I tell our guys, you know, the guys who care about you are going to call you out, and they're going to push you to the max, the guys who don't care about you are going to complain with you, and, you know, moan about their coach, and saying it's not fair, and stuff like that, so, yeah. You know, we've kind of established that culture to where, knock on wood, man, I haven't had to deal with anything in two or three years, and it's been awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. that makes my life a lot easier. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. All right, and then uh, last... Uh, so, yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, whoa. Then... Hey, whoa, whoa. Sorry. We were uh, doing well up to that point. We were doing really well, I think. Yeah. Uh, just last question I have on coaching before we get into your playing career. Uh, in our last interview, yeah. you mentioned you know some goals you had, you know conference championship, NCAA tournament berth, and you know just two year two years later you're already there. Uh, so you know what's next for you? The year you reached the NCAA tournament, you know we touched on this a little bit. Uh, you faced the first and seventh ranked teams in the you know whole nation. So you, you've seen what that talent level looks like. Is that something that's on your radar, you know, maybe down the line for you? And is that something, you know, where you you want to be, you know, consistently competing to, you know, win the whole thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I tell the, you know, we had we had to break a couple things. We had to break some some traditions and culture a little bit when I got back here. And it was, you know, the first year it was, you know, I I was stupid. You know, not really stupid. I, I was, you know, like a we're going to compete, you know, like, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't be in the World Series, you know, everyone's like, oh, we're the spawns of college. If you think that way, that's all you're going to be, you know, and, uh, and so we've kind of, and like I said, it, it starts with the culture, it's, it's building it to where, you know, hey, we have to, you know, we have to win the South, you know, or at least make the conference tournament, because when it, when you're in a tournament, anything can happen. You know, and I think our pitching is built for our tournament and it's built for the NCAA tournament. And if we keep doing what we're doing, there's no reason why we shouldn't be, you know, going on to the final eight, you know. And, um, you know, but we have to just get better and we have to keep that that mindset of working hard and stuff like that. So, you know, if we don't now, now that we've established what we've been doing, if we don't, um, you know, make the conference tournament, then it's a failure. You know, in my eyes, and uh, you know, we all want to at least if we can at least get to the conference tournament. Baseball is different. You know, anything can happen. I think our last, our fourth seed won it last year. <laughs> you know, so anything yeah. can happen. You know, if, if you can get on the, you know, get on the hot streak, then man, it's no telling what you what you can do. So, you know, so it's expected. You know, so we're, you know, hopefully we can keep this going. Um, you know, it only makes me work harder. Uh, you know, and, and, and strive to be the best. And, I mean, I, I go in the office seven days days a week, and uh, people think I'm crazy, but I'm like, hey, you know, I'm trying to get the I'm trying to get the edge on the coaches in the conference. I'm I'm trying to do this a little bit more. I'm trying to find some some way to make us better, some way to right. make us win. And uh, 
you know, and I have a great support staff with my wife. She, she, she gets it. You know, so, you know, if I didn't, then I'd probably be single right now. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, she's, uh, you know, she's a great supporter in what we're doing, too. And, uh, you know, and I think our guys kind of see how hard our, assist, our, our coaching staff works. And, um, you know, if, if we're doing it, then our guys should be doing it. And we're trying to set the tone and, uh, try, you know, kind of walk the walk a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So, I guess kind of Ben mentioned it, so we'll kind of move away from coaching. No, I mean, that was a great answer. Kind of gets back to what I was talking about before, you know, starts with you guys, that's how you're acting, and, you know, work, go, trickles down kind of. But we can get into your uh, playing career a little bit. So you played in the Continental Baseball League, and, you know, last time we had you on, you kind of kept your stories. You did give us some stories because I'm a little censored. Um, we know about your manager and some, some wild teammates, but um, we want to kind of start from the beginning, like slow it down a little bit. So, you know, like when you were in college, at what point did you know you could keep playing? Did you decide you wanted to keep playing? And then kind of tell us how the opportunity came up. Yeah, I mean, I always wanted, um, I mean, think, you know, with, with my dad, my grandpa, my uncles, it, I mean, they're all all baseball, you know. And, uh, you know, when I lived down in Houston, it was, you know, we were in the backyard. It was, you know, the old cliche, cliche thing where, you know, I didn't go inside until the streetlights came on. You know, we're always doing something. So it was I mean, something that I always wanted to do. And, um, you know, and, and I think the big hurdle that I had to get through is when we moved to Illinois, going in my junior year, or junior, junior high school, sixth grade, um, was that, you know, that wasn't really, really, like, on a lot of kids' minds. It, it was really weird me and uh you know but i kept doing it whatever you know kind of pushing through um with everything you know like it's, it's funny because i told our guys the other day i'm like you don't realize i i got cut the the junior high that we moved that we went to i went there for like two months and i got cut off the sixth grade team <laughs> and, oh. then we, and then we moved yeah we moved and then oh, like they yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's the only way I'm compared to, to Michael Jordan. So exactly. that's kind of nice. But, <laughs> but, but you know, it kind of all. But it was funny how things worked out because the following week we we moved to where we live to all the way through high school. They had tryouts that week, and I made and I made the team. I was starting shortstop. I mean, it was just it's just crazy how that stuff works. And uh, you know, but yeah, going through high going through high school, um, you know, I grew into my body. I well, actually, you know, shot up huge and uh um so i was lanky and awkward and you know so where i don't think i think that's the reason why I, you know i don't know if i got much looks and stuff like that but you know going to college went to mod but it felt home i love the coaching staff i you know he was old school you know i took yelling good <laughs> or very well uh, you know and and he had a he told he was very blunt and i think that's where i get a lot of it from him is he told me he goes you're probably not going to play your, senior, your, your your freshman year because you have 12 seniors that are grown men, but after they graduate, it's 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 going to be your team, that class. And he was right. I mean, we're one out away from the World Series. Um, I got to witness that as a freshman, and that was awesome. And uh, uh, those seniors, those seniors were were just great to you know. You don't really see freshmen and seniors hanging out together, and they were with us like all year, and because they knew we were the next group to come, to, you know, to come through here. So, uh, so that, you know, that, that kind of pushed me, you know, um, you know, a, a, a shortstop that I did not get to play with 
he graduated a year before I came in there, but probably one of the best shortstops to come through Mons College. You know, it's funny because I actually, he groomed with me his senior year. He was more on the seven-year college plan, so. So he was was my roommate my my senior year, and uh, me and him got to know each other really well, and and he was like pretty much the first one that I really I opened up to. Like, man, I you know, I just want to keep playing ball, you know. He, and and he really helped me get to that point to where he gave me the confidence. You know, I had the stats, I had I had the ability, whatever you want to call it. But you know, and then that led to you know just going to tryouts, man. And and you know, I got I got used to the word no really quickly. And um, you know, I think you know this is I try to tell our guys that have that have that goal to keep going it's you know it's going to take a few tryouts it's going to take the right guy to see you and i got in front of the right guy and um kept in contact with him for about a month or two and then you know he hooked me up with the trial for the continental league it was, was going to be a big league because it's perfect for you da, da, da. i went out there and you know kind of knew what to expect after like six months of tryouts and being told no or come back and then no um you know i just kept going and, and it was a dream that I had and I wanted to do, and I was very fortunate to, you know, to meet that scout and, and, and him put me in front of the right people. And uh, yeah. the rest is history. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's awesome. And really, I mean, that's like every kid's dream growing up, just to like achieve that dream, even though it's not like the big league, it's still pro ball. That's so awesome. Um, so continuing on with, uh, you know, your career, you only, you only played after college for two years. Um, so baseball reference and Google, you know, huge Google guy myself, uh, isn't giving us too much to go off of. Um, but I don't know what's going on with our podcast. Our last two baseball-related guests, uh, both infielders who had some pitching experience. So uh, we didn't know you had some uh, unexpected pitching experience as well. But it says here you pitched a scoreless inning for the McKinney Blue Thunder in 2008. Is that accurate? I mean, we know uh, you have a cannon from your Bethany group uh, for BP days. But how did that come up and what's your pitching selection like? And here's the thing about the internet, because we didn't, you know, internet was, wasn't that great back in 07, 08 and stuff. Um, so McKinney was my second year. So that was not my greatest year. My first year was the best year. And, and I, I think those stats are lost along the way, but I found them the other day. I'll send them to you guys so you know I'm not lying. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I actually got two innings. I, I got an yeah. inning my first year, and I got an inning my second year. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think the second year was probably my best pitching performance um, compared to my first because I think I had um, I don't know if you remember I think it's Luke Scott he played for the Astros the Rays and stuff like that and yeah, yeah it sounds fun. yeah so but his brother played on the other team and my claim the same is I got to strike him out so um, <laughs> I think I walked a guy gave up okay. a hit and I struck a guy out in the first um, in, in, my, in, in the first year and then I honestly I can't remember what the hell I did, I did my second year. All I know is there was a radar gun in right center. We were in Texarkana, and this radar gun I think was legit because we faced a guy that threw 101, and <laughs> so Whoa. it popped up 92. And I matched up. Yeah. So I looked at my manager. I'm like, hey, I think I got a future in this. And he just laughed at me. So I, <laughs> yeah. that kind of that killed my dream there. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, he was a pitcher for Texas Tech, and 
he taught me a nasty sinker, and uh, that was my go. My, that was my go. My go-to pitch, and mm. about 87, 88. You know, it was. Casual. I mean, it was filthy, but uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> know. Right. The band, man. Yeah, it's. Uh, but now I, you know, I tell our guys that it's funny because it came up in a bullpen session like last month, and uh, one of our guys, uh, he brought. He asked me, "Could you ever pitch?" I'm like, "Actually, you know, I have." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to do it in college, but our but our coach, you know, he he's like, "No, I need someone to hit for me." So I thought I could have been a pretty good pitcher if I had the proper coaching and, and stuff like that. So uh, I had the frame, I had the arm, and you know. But uh, you know, it's one of those things. You know, it is what it is. Uh, at least I got. I can always say I pitched. You know, two innings of professional baseball. So, right. Yeah, that's fun. that sucks. You were just you were so good at hitting that they wouldn't let you pitch. That's really tough. You, you were, yeah, you know, yeah. Only college. Really hard. Man. You know, after my second year of pro ball, I'm I'm surprised they just didn't make me a DO. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <probably wasn't laughs> yeah. maybe if you had a basher sleek uh, coaching you up, you might have been you know in the big leagues right now pitching the World Series. I mean, yeah, this could be me. You know, Verlander, he's 36 years old. Um, he's got a hot wife that I absolutely love, Shout and out. I just look at him and I'm like, man, that could be me right now. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's it it sucks. So, but uh, but no, no, I I got a pretty good life. You know, I, my daughter is, is huge, um, so she keeps me on my toes and stuff. So uh, right now, it's really good. Yeah, maybe it could be the you know some kind of like storyline like the rookie the the movie. You could be like thirty eight and then throw BP, throw you know high nineties and get I'm the pros. I'm gonna throw this out here to you guys. Um, we started the drive line, you know, with our with our pitchers. I haven't really taken part of that because I'm not allowed to be with them. You know, D three rules. Uh, <laughs> so, but we. Uh, we got the driveline hitting last week, and uh, we're doing baseline testing for exit velocity and stuff like that. So we're saving kinda, metrics. You know, hopefully the NCAA doesn't listen to this, but I kind of had to watch two guys just to make sure they're they're doing it right. Uh, you know, but then they asked the coach, "You want to get in here?" And I was like, "Nah, man, I've been swung a bat in a couple of years. All, all, I, all I swing now is a fungo." So. Uh, they're like, no, no, come on. And Huge fungo golf I'm not gonna, you know, get cocky or anything, but my exit velocity was pretty good and mm. um they'd be making a numbers uh off the tee okay so you got four okay. you got four different four, four bats all right the regular bat which i mind you i didn't have batting gloves um no I right one, <laughs> all natural right i took one warm-up swing i hit the ball pretty solid i said oh i'm good it's like throwing back in practice i got 89 was my max okay Ooh. Ooh. okay we're good yeah, and then we did the barrel load, stem, which but... it found out, studies show it should be a little bit lower, so I was 87. And then I did the handle load, I was 91. Mm. And then under load, I was 95. Wow. So, I, I mean, that's, that's not like high numbers for me. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> did, you like pimp the, did you pimp the last one? Did you like pimp it and walk out and be like, that's how f***ing done. No, no. <laughs> what I wanted to do, I, the real big part of me was like, okay, I wanted one more, but really I didn't want to keep it. Oh my gosh, my back is killing me right now, and this is probably good. Because <laughs> if I take one more, I'm going to throw my back out. <laughs> yeah, go out on top while you're ahead. Yeah. So, 
went out on, on top. So now I now now it allows me to talk crap to the hitters. I'm like, man, I'm 36 yeah, years I'm in the, half my age, and I'm and I'm still beating. I mean, yeah. come on. And uh, so it, so it gives me that you know to where I can talk a little bit of crap to our hitters now. So. <laughs> yeah, right. you gotta hold on to that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just a quick follow-up. So here's where we don't really have a plan, but we're hoping for some kind of story. So you played the game for a long time, and you know what are some of your favorite, you know, funniest moments from your playing career or even college career? Basically, here's where we we need you to say something funny so we can clip it and post it on social media. Oh my gosh! Uh, stories on anything playing college pro ball. Um, I remember. I don't know if I told you guys. Um, but you know how there's a rule in college baseball to where if there's a bench clearing brawl, you're not allowed to leave your position, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so right. So I got kind of two separate, two quick stories then. So, um, so in pro ball, um, so I'm, you know, freshly out of college, you know, still have that kind of mindset, you know, while I'm playing first base. And Curtis Wilkerson, our, our, our manager, you know, we, we got into a, like a little heated debate between another team. Um, you know, balls were thrown ahead, words were said, stuff like that. Um, well, it, it got talking on, on the bus ride home to where, you know, what, what you would do if there's a bench clearing brawl. And so I just, well, you don't do anything, stay in position because you're going to get tossed and you don't want to do, do all that stuff. So, so he looks at me and he goes, the pain. You're at first base. If the visiting team is on the first base side, and you see anyone leave that dugout, you have to take out as many people as possible <laughs> they don't get to a pitcher. <laughs> I'm like, and I look at him, I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. He goes, it's, and I said, well, isn't there? He goes, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's no whole part. You go at it. So I'm like, okay, sounds good. This is never going to happen. So um, fast forward a couple more days. We're playing the same team. Things are getting heated. They're on the first base side. I'm thinking to myself, I look over at my second baseman, Lamont. I go, dude, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> he just looks yeah. at me and laughs. And thank God nothing happened because, like, one guy stepped out of the dugout, and I just kind of just, like, slowly just walked down the first baseline and just kind of side-eyed him a little bit. And yeah. I like to think maybe he, like, whoa, I'm not messing with that tall, lanky guy. So <laughs> right. he went he back to the dugout, but... Man, it was it was the funniest thing in the world. But like I always tell our guys that that you know, hey, you're not you're not allowed to leave the dugout or, or the dugout or your position. And it's funny because two years ago when when we won it, we went to Cornell, a conference team, and we we actually clinched um, by winning that third game. So we had a kind of just a road for match game, and uh, so. They had nothing to play for, and one they they started the season, and um, there was a double play back to the pitcher. Well, our our second baseman was a freshman at that time, little guy, this fiery guy. Well, this guy comes out just, I mean, guns blaze, cleats her up, just goes right into him, takes him out, and I'm sitting there, and I saw him like, oh my gosh, we just lost our second baseman for the year. We're about to go to the tournament, da da da, and so like Matt pops up and just a little guy and just gets in his face. You know, you have a, it's like L2 and judge right now. And, uh, you know, and I run out there and I'm, I'm, I'm heated, you know, and I'm ready to go off on somebody. Well, 
I like, it's one of those things where if you, could, if you ever have to do all this stuff, uh, you know, you're going to black out and you're not going to remember anything that happened. So, <laughs> so, so we go out there. Can you imagine shoot going out and arguing with an umpire? So, uh, <laughs> but, you can try to imagine. Here's your all two-man judge right there. <laughs> so, I, so I get out there and, I, and I'm yelling at the umpire. I'm saying, no, I'm not going to play for da, da, da. You know, and, uh, and, and actually the other head coach, and Coach and I are really good friends, and so I'm 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 coming off yelling at him. I said that first thing I'm giving him a you know mouthful and stuff, and then I get in there and somebody goes, Coach, I'm like yeah, what's up? He goes, You um, go after our position. I go, Who's after your position? And they're like, hey, he's, a, he's a number three pitcher. He had a, a a batting practice jacket on, and he ran out there with me, ready to fight. <laughs> And stuff like that. He goes, yeah, no problem. Pitch, I got you. I'm like, all right, cool. 
So like I get up early, and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna go in. I'll I'll put everything up, heaters going, stuff like that. And, uh, and I'm going in there. You know, I have my book, I have my bag, I got a couple bats with me, and I'm sitting there like, crap, man. Like there, there's snow on here. You know, you didn't do it. Not a big deal. It's just snow. So I get down there and I busted my ass all the way down the steps, and I. I still had a scar on my hand. I was no deal. I'm like, hey, I'll never forget you. You're always on my hand now. And I remember I called him, and I yelled at him so bad. <laughs> and like, I felt so bad too. And he going, Coach, I'm so sorry. Then of course, you know, he got all tough and you know and all that. But uh, but it's just one of the guys. Uh, y'all just hit a home run. All right, I'm there. We go. I'm sorry. Let's go. Team Astros. Uh, but no, I mean, I mean, Joe. I mean, that was one kind of funny thing, and I like, you know, didn't tell Carve because I didn't want Carve to get too be too hard on on him and stuff. But uh, right. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, it's I feel bad because I don't remember a whole lot, you know, because like I said, I'm getting old now. And uh, yeah, but if someone brings bring something up, then I'll start. Okay, yeah, you know, and uh, I remember mm-hmm. this happened, and you know, and then we had a lot of good times with Basham. And, Really, I really wish I got a coach with uh, with Calhoun. That it sounded like you know, yeah, a lot of fun too, and uh, had yeah. had some good stories. But um, you know, it makes it a little bit better to where I can kind of live through his stories a little bit more. Right. Definitely. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, for you, sure. It's always good when Joey Giles is involved. Oh, for sure. I mean, Joey Giles. I mean, like I said, I got there's a ton with Joey Giles. I mean, that's <laughs> a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My uh, my memories of Joey Giles was you know back in the day when you were coaching you you know we had a goal of getting eighteen hundred swings a week, and you know we tried yeah. to do that and Joey Giles would just randomly come in the cage and just take over the cage and get like two hundred swings of his own and like take away from our time <laughs> trying to get that goal, <laughs> but uh, you know it's always pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, I mean that that cave was dangerous, and I it was it was. Yeah. Uh, a couple of days ago with with Lido, and I heard Lido's helping Car, which is great. Right. So that's yeah. cool. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I I remember we tried to get like these mattresses or this phone. You guys remember the phone pads or whatever? Yeah. We tried to put those around <laughs> the pillars uh, that were in there, and it didn't help that we were hitting the yellow balls that bounce. It's like a pinball machine, and yeah. Yeah. the first pitch that comes out of the machine. <laughs> Lito pulls it, hits it off the pillar, comes back and hits him right in the crotch, and he goes down. <laughs> and like I remember, just getting my phone out and trying to take take a picture as soon as possible. I was an awful coach, but you know, <laughs> it, it, it's just that's something that I'll always have, and I would send it to him yearly. It's like he knows it's going to come around here soon, and uh, <laughs> that thing was a death trap, man. I mean, it was that shop lights in there that you couldn't see the ball coming out of eighty miles an hour, but it's like. 40 feet away. It's just, I mean, I don't know who decided. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I made you guys mad, right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember my, my favorite... I remember my favorite memory in the cave was, uh, you know, Carve was there, and I hit one right back in the machine, and it ricocheted and almost hit me in the face. I, like, blocked it off, and that's probably the best moment I ever had with Carver. That's probably the most proud he's ever been with me, and not so much on the field, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, like I said, there's, there's so many good ones that where I wish, I mean, I tell our guys, like, if I do anything funny or stupid, like, try to remember it. Cause, yeah, I mean, those memories are great. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm relieved to keep, 
I mean, we our old assistant coach here that I played for, he, his his one-liners, his quotes were amazing. And I remember we're like, we need to get a notebook and we need to write all this stuff down. We filled like half a notebook up. I mean, there's some of those things that he that were appropriate and unappropriate, but I mean, they were just so funny, and we're just like, oh, this is great. Yeah. I tell those guys, like, it's just, I mean. I, the one thing that I wish I would have done better in college and, and early in my coaching career was actually pay attention, you know, like yeah, really be present, remember yeah. things and, and just and, and savor those moments um, that you have with, with old coaches, young coaches, and players and stuff like that because, man, it's, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of that after you're done playing. And, right. Uh, but, yeah, it's always fun. I always, I always try to remember as much as possible. All right. Uh, so you, we have some quick rapid fire questions before we get, you can give your full attention to the Astros Nationals game seven game. But, um, so quick, uh, rapid fire, just, these are, you know, quick, you know, one word answers or, you know, one sentence answers, uh, you know, first question, first thing comes to mind. right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, be tough. okay. Right. Uh, so first question, who's the best player you've ever played with or against? Played with or against, um, I would okay. have to say. Like playing or coaching? Uh, either or. Oh, well, I thought, yeah, either one. Okay, I would have to say uh, best player um, would probably, and there's a lot, um, I'd have to probably go pro ball, uh, Joe, Joe Bagot. Uh, he's from Connecticut, uh, awesome. He was a catcher, um, played first base with me, and, and you know, played. He's just an absolute leader. Uh, I mean, may, may have not been you know, the most talented guy, but, man, could just rip really play um yeah i mean just one of the guys that really wanted to kind of you know kind of be around a little bit more i mean he's awesome so yeah i would say joe 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 forgot right. um who has the ugliest ugliest stance or swing kevin euclid or height urich <sighs> height urich for sure <laughs> So obviously we love baseball. That's why we're you know doing this interview. But what's your least favorite part about baseball right now? I think, um, God, right now there's like two bad. Like I hate the launch angle crap that's going around, um, and I hate just kind of them taking away the umpire's right to make decisions. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not a big fan of the replay, even if it goes towards. Um, my my team's way. I, I, I just I'm not a big fan uh, of it. I think that's why baseball is the way it is. Is um, you know I think when you start taking that away, then I and I don't know what I don't know what you're going to be watching here soon. So it's going to be going to be pretty tough to watch if it all goes through that uh, the way that they're wanting it to. Right. And then um, you you can take the fifth here. But what's uh, Rick Carver's best coaching quality? Best coaching quality. Oh, um, if he's listening and I'm pausing, it's because he has so many. So, and I'm trying yes. to think of one. I mean, he, I think he's a good motivator. Um, and I don't know if a lot of guys would agree with me with that, but like, I agree. Getting spend some time with him and talking to him about a lot of things. That dude is passionate about baseball. Um, Definitely. And I think it's one of those things where, I mean, you, you get him going at the right time, you know, right situation. 
Um, I mean, there's a few times where, where he said a lot of things. I mean, the two years that I was there that really got me going, you know, and I'm like, man, I would, you know, I'm going to put a uniform on right now, you know, and, and I, I think he was really good at that, um, you know, and, and just kind of talking to the game in general. He, he knows a lot about the game situational wise, um, you know, and, and he taught me a lot of things on, you know, we had a lot of discussions on bunts and stuff like that. You know, and, and he pointed out some things that I never really looked at. And, um, you know, and if you could put that down to, you know, during a game as a coach, that's kind of hard sometimes, you know, nowadays, you know. But uh, but no, I think he did those two things really well. Um, it's funny. So one of my favorite Carver stories is uh, so before my first start, um, you know, I'm I'm really nervous. I haven't started a game before. I'm just coming off JV, and you know, I'm warming up with Zed, Zach Edmondson in the outfield. Shout out friend of the program, and you know, I'm throwing the ball over the place, making him run. And you know, <laughs> he doesn't usually you know talk before he pitches, as you know some audience members might know. But he like. He even like talked to me like after he ended warming up because he saw that I was like so nervous. So that even made me more nervous. But like you know, walking to you know catch the first inning, uh, Carve like talks to me. He's like, "Hey, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Right? You could just be back playing JV, right?" And like that was like that like kind of relaxed me. Like it should have made me more nervous, but you know, in a way, it kind of relaxed me. So you know, he was always kind of good yeah. at that little kind of stuff. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It- it's some weird things when you coach. You start to kind of learn how to motivate certain guys, and it's just like, I mean, you try to you got to keep a leash. I mean, I mean, you know, by just telling that, like you were tense, you didn't want to make a mistake, and he was just like, hey, what's you know, he kept it real with you. He's like, hey, what, you know, what could be worse? Yeah. <laughs> so I love making mound visits, making a pitching change. I crack a joke to our infielders, we could be down ten four, and uh, you know, I think my favorite was our relief guy. Uh, he was our closer this past year, all American, all American as a closer. And he had a kid, and so his his son is two days younger than my daughter. And so our big man, he would come in with bases juiced, and we're up one, and it's the bottom of the ninth, and he comes in, nothing but this kid. I was like, hey, you know, you have, and I, I cracked the joke, I go, well, I'd say you've been in tougher situations than this, but you have the three-year-old right now, so I don't think anything's really tougher than this. <laughs> so he's just, you know, he's just like, yeah, you're right, coach. And he goes, in, one, two, three, boom, done. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you get to learn how to talk to these guys. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And, and then the last question we have, so currently there are four vacant MLB coaching openings, so Kansas City, New York Mets, Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Giants. So out of these positions, what job would intrigue you the most? I think the Mets. Um, yeah. Breaking news: yeah, I'm returning to the New York Mets. New York, <laughs> here's the thing, and and it's it's kind of it's sketchy because if you go go to New York, you have to deal with the media. So you have to get a you know the right type of guy to talk to the media and have a right. you know and, and be able to take the banter that they give you. But I mean, with the talent, the young talent that that, that they have, um, I'm Chappie you know, Alonzo, you know so much more enticing in my opinion, um, compared to the other ones. And you can always talk about the Giants and stuff like that, but, you know, I don't think they have a very good farm system. They're not, you know, they're really old. They're going to have to probably break it all down here soon. And the Royals are, the Royals are interesting too. I mean, they've got a good young team. And, um, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I don't know who's, it's going to probably be some no-name guys uh, that you're really not too familiar with. And, uh, you know, the, 
Girardi thing and the Ross thing, I'm very, very confused by those hires, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's another podcast. I can see how that works out. But, uh, you know, it's it, it just, you know, I, I feel bad for the major, the major league managers nowadays because um, they get a lot of crap for wins and losses. But really, I mean, they're not the one trading and signing these guys. It's more the GMs and I think the GMs have a lot more control than the managers do. I mean, the managers, yeah, they have to, you know, start whoever. But I mean, if, I mean, I look at Matheny. You know, his his thing was was pretty rough. He didn't have much talent, and we were a Cardinal Nation here, and they hated that guy. And I'm like, dude, like you have guys that are awful. They're a Triple A lead, you know, team. Like, how do you expect them to play? <laughs> you know, beat the Cubs and stuff like that. Like, it's impossible, so, um, but, you know, I think a lot of the clubhouse thing has to do with it, too, and I think the the Ross move for the Cubs is more of a clubhouse thing, I don't think it's more of a managing thing, and, um, I agree, Girard, you know, Girardi to the Phillies, I mean, their whole thing, why they got rid, rid of Kapler is because he was too hard on the guys, Girardi's probably the, you know, the toughest manager to, you know, in that sense, he's old school, and so I don't know how that's going to work for the Phillies, but... Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it, it, it's interesting. So, um, I mean, if Coach Calhoun um, gets a big time job, I think we all kind of agree that you know we need to get the you know get the team back together again. So yeah, yeah. back together. <laughs> I mean, he's got his uncle. Like, you know, it's a good reference, man. I'm telling you right now. So right. Um, I don't care. You know, Kansas City's not too bad. So I wouldn't mind being a bench coach. So just you know, just yeah, let you know that if you're listening. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. And one quick question before we let you go to watch Game 7. Um, you know, we talked about this yesterday, uh, a little bit about the robot umpires and the juiced baseballs. You know, last time we talked to you, you were not a believer in juice skate. Um, right. It's been a couple of years now, so has your opinion changed at all? And uh, what are your thoughts on robots potentially taking over this great game of baseball? All right, first with the juice balls. Um, I do remember saying uh, they aren't juiced. It's just the hitters. But one thing comes to mind is when the Yankees and Red Sox went to London, um, those balls were absolutely juiced. Because um, think of it this way. If you're trying to bring a new game, new sport to a different country, and what attracts fans? Home runs. High-scoring games. And that's what it was. And there's no doubt in my mind that that was juiced. Um, you know, I think what they said, the, all, the all-star game or whatever, that, you know, that type of thing. But, I mean, I think right now, I think you've seen in, in the World Series, uh, you know, I think they have the proper balls. Um, you know, I think it's more of a dead ball because I don't know if you guys were watching the Yankees and Astros, the ALCS, man. There's some balls that the Yankees hit, I thought were gone, you know, and they only went like 250 feet. So I'm just like, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, juice with an asterisk. Juice with an asterisk, depending on the setting, you know. Um, you know, because if you look at it here, if the ball was juiced in the World Series, the Astros would have swept. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. You know, <laughs> the ball was juiced, and now that it's kind of more of a regular ball to where where it needs to be, um, we got seven games, and people are watching, and they're making more money. So, um, so yeah. So I think there's a conspiracy. I think there's a lot of conspiracies going on in Major League Baseball, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, and then the robo, um, the um, the umpires. Um, sorry, Springer had to catch a ball, and I got I got distracted there. Uh, it's all good. Uh, it's, 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 it
they're, uh, I mean, they're doing, they have the independent ball team or league that they're trying all these different rules. And I don't know if you guys saw, saw this a few months ago that they tried it in this indie league. And I think what it's going to do, and I think Gaslick, I think you can kind of attest to this, it's going to take away from catching. It's going right. to, the art of catching and framing a pitch and, and selling a pitch. I mean, there's a stat in the last couple of years of catchers of, of getting balls to strikes, you know, is, is, is presenting the ball a little bit better to the umpire. And that art is going to be lost. I mean, you look at some of these, you, look, you watch the game today, I guarantee that there's going to be what should have been a strike, like the catcher doesn't catch it properly, you know, and stuff like that, you know. And, and that's where you're not going to be the catchers, just put a net back there. And um, if they hit the center, then it's a strike. It's one of the, I mean, no one's stealing bases anymore, so it's not like you really need a big catcher anymore. So, um, yeah, I think it's really going to be interesting. I hope that does not have that doesn't happen because, I mean, like I said, I'm going back to that clip of the the, the indie ball guy, the you know, the ball, yeah, it crossed the, you know, I think it bounced, but it still yeah, crossed it the strike zone and. And the hitter like got thrown out. The argument was a robot. Right. <laughs> was I mean, the hitter's right. I'm like, God, that was an awful pitch. But yeah, yeah Nick, the strike zone. You know, that's awful. So right. uh, yeah. I hope it doesn't happen. You know, um, Manfred, if you're listening, I mean, gosh, don't I mean, don't do it. In the so. program. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he does an avid listener, so I'm sure he'll hear that. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, it, it, it's just going to take away from the art of catching. I mean, we teach these catchers how to receive balls and get around it, do all this other stuff, you know, to steal yeah. strikes. And, I mean, that's that's baseball to me. I mean, if you're going to take that away, then what's the point of watching it? Like, what are you, it's just going to be slow-pitch softball. I mean, that's right. what it's going to turn into here soon. Yeah, something uh, we talk about as catchers is, you know, receiving is the number one priority and then a couple other things. And, you know, throwing is actually, like, the least, you know, looked at aspect of the game, but you know, if you take that away, then throwing becomes probably the number one aspect. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's going to be interesting, and you know, and it sucks because you know, game was a game five or game six or whatever. You know, Cole got a couple of those pitches, but the umpire was consistent though. Like he wasn't. I mean, there was a couple calls that yeah, he was really bad, bad, bad at, but he yeah, was, like other happens. than that, he was pretty consistent. I mean. Look at if if you're going to do the robo ump the the ump then Greg Greg Maddox cut his strikeouts in half then because right. yeah. he he would get the black he would get six inches off the plate because one he was consistent on what he was doing and the yeah. catcher did a hell of a job catching it so yeah um, yeah so it's I mean it's, it's I hate it right now I mean it's so frustrating. Um, the fuck them. Fuck them. We hate Robo. We hate Robo. Right. I mean, I'm anti-Robo. 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 Um, um, uh, yeah. I mean, we'll start the, we'll start the campaign for you. We'll, we'll the make sure con- they yeah. don't implement it. If, if, if that happens, and, and here's the thing. Here's the bad thing. Everything is trickling down to college baseball. And if no. we don't have any of those problems, like, we have, like, now they're, they're wanting to put a pitch clock, um, and, and, and our games at 30 seconds. I'm like, yeah. we don't have a pace of play problem. We're not dealing with commercials. We're not broadcasting <laughs> yeah. our, our game on, on ESPN. We yeah. don't have a pace of play problem. And yeah, they're trying to quicken the games up. And it's, it just, yeah, that's it's costing us more money. It's it's just, I mean, Jubes, I don't know if you heard the new rule, is you can't have white bats anymore. Because it, con- it contrasts with the ball. 
I did not. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I mean, and we we have a conference call here in a couple of weeks, but that's a question that that I have because the Maruchis are half red, half white. Yeah. You know, like the ones last year. I'm like, well, I mean, are we allowed to use use those, or must now my now do I have to spend nine hundred bucks on three bats? I mean, yeah. it's just one of those things where the ball, the, the baseball lasts. It, it's white for thirty seconds, and yeah. then I mean. Let's let's get a green ball then. Let's let's go softball <laughs> now. So yeah, um, <laughs> but we got people making decisions that are just they have no clue what baseball is, and it's just yeah. like get them out of there. Right. You know, so you're ruining the game. So it's yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a sore subject with me. I can keep going with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, I think that's all we got. You know, thank you again for taking the time. And sorry, we're kind of cutting into your World Series viewing time here. So, you know, here's, no, here's the thing. The, yeah, I'm, I'll trust me. I'm watching. The Astros are winning. I'm, I'm okay with staying on the phone for another two hours as long as we're going to win. So, right. it does not matter for me. Altuve just got a hit. We did do second and third last inning. So, um, so we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not sure. But, uh, but no, it's been fun. Well, uh, congratulations. You have an right now? Call your shot you know, tomorrow morning? I see. Listen to this? Here's what I was saying. Uh, of course, all the coaches in the office were giving me crap and, and trying to get me to talk about last night's game, and I just refused not to because of the play <laughs> and all this other stuff. And, uh, right. Uh, you know, and so, you know, I I, I, I said 6-2 Nationals. Um, they are going to pull it out. I said Scherzer sure, was going to go uh, six innings. Uh, Granky was only going to go three, mm. um, but if Granky can go four, you pass it on to. I mean, Cole could be good for two innings, so I'm really curious about that. Shout out for Pitzer uh, Park. It seems Funny like the Astros have a decent approach right now against Scherzer. He's putting it together. And how long can he last with his apparently, you know, bomb shoulder blade or whatever it is? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure. Right. So we'll see. But uh, but yeah, I mean. Hopefully it's a good morning for me when I wake up. Cause I, I, I know my daughter last night. She, I mean, this morning it kind of broke my heart because she woke up. She goes, Dad, Dad, he did the Astros win. I said, no. Mm. She goes, oh, no. I was like, well, there's game. There's one tonight. She goes, woo Astros. And I said, hey, I'm sorry if I wake you up in the middle of the night if I scream good or bad. She goes, it's okay. I would wake you up all the time in the middle of the night. So I'm like, it's right. off. Sounds off. like a good dynamic. So she's going to come down to the I think after I get up the phone with you guys so she can watch the game with me, but she's been yelling out the stairs for me right now. So, <laughs> but, Sounds good. But no, so yeah. So hopefully you know, hopefully it's a good day for, for the Astros fans tomorrow. All right. And uh, thank you again. And, you know, we are very genuine with you being on the Mount Rushmore of guests. You know, we're we're lying to the other guests. You know, you belong there for sure. Listen, hey, I'm okay with being on on this whenever you need to. If you can't find a guest, you know, just give me a call up. You know, I don't mind doing it. Appreciate Um, that. This will allow me to recruit Shoe over to (laughs) Illinois to coach with me. There you go. And I coach. Coach Calhoun has like five assistants. I have two. So, um, Shub, I can tell you now, I can't pay it. I can't pay you a damn dime. So, uh, I hope you're all right with that. But, uh, I have a sweet basement. I just, I just finished our basement. You can live in my bar. Um, we, we can get you a, a job subbing. And, um, Ooh, you know, I mean, 
it's just whatever you want to do, man. I can maybe make it happen. So, um, but uh, you're in good hands over there. So, I'm really excited what you guys what you guys can do. But no joke, man. We're. I mean, it would be awesome if um, if all of us as coaches can get together on one team, and uh, hopefully that can happen here here soon. With, uh, with, with somebody either, you know, uh, myself, Calhoun, and, and Basham shoots. I think you're about five, six years away, but, you, you know, we'll bring you along, though. So, I appreciate that. Uh, and, then we, and, then we, and then when you make it big time, you can take care of the old guys. and yeah. We could be the weird, the weird guys on the bench and yelling and stuff like that. So, sure. Yeah. I'll come to every game of that because for if that coaching staff is uh, assembled, I will be a season ticket holder to wherever that's I going down. It, it's like Avengers. We should probably kind of start exploring. We need a bad like, boy? like a road show. Like you need to. Why not do podcasts and then go to play by play? And Ooh, um, yeah, that's a good idea. You can totally dedicated to that team. You can do interviews in the dugout in the you know the championship game in the bottom of the third when the manager's trying to coach a game. You can do that too. Yeah. Like anytime, you get us mic'd up. Love that. I mean, love I, that. I think we're I think we got something special going on here, so we need to keep doing it. So sounds good. Well, next time we have you on, we'll we'll hit the brainstorm session. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. I, I I enjoy listening to you guys. The, the you know the the football stuff is a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, I'm not sure about the uh, you know the impressions, the voices, and stuff like that because uh, you know, well, sometimes it confuses me a little bit. But uh, yeah, it sounds like you guys made it. You guys uh, um, we're doing our best. a lot better. You know, the language is a lot better. So now I think my daughter can listen to the podcast and stuff like that. Dude, so, I didn't even think about uh, that. No, hey, you're good. Now you guys have discovered. We bleep it out. But, so, yeah, yeah. it's just really. That's a great kind of aspect to your podcast. I mean, it's 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 really good. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see what you guys talk about. It's it's entertaining. I actually I listened to you guys while I was working out today, and I was laughing the whole time, and people were staring at me. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> I don't know. Well, do you know? Well, we appreciate the support. No problem, man. Anytime. Yeah, it's Kate Weezy, and we back. The rise to the throne. And the. Yeah. Ben Franklin's. Ben Franklin's. I got so much money, it's like I own a money tree. All these people phonies just wanna be like me. Your baddest girl be all on my D. The stuff you pay for from me, it's free. Because I got Ben Franklin's, I got Ben Franklin's No need for hatin', I'm not a doctor, I ain't got patience All I got is papers and a lot of haters Shout out to my home dog, they all got prayers